so last night, uh, boys were having a hard time going to sleep. And, and so I go, I go in and put Reacher in and, and there he goes, I get back in the room and he goes, there's something weird in his bed. What was that? Cause he was looking at the monitor, open, open the door, pull my flashlight out, start looking. I'm looking around and all of a sudden I hear out of the baby monitor. <laughs> she must've been listening to the podcast. Thought it was funny. It was kind of scary in the middle in the dark at night oh. hearing out of the baby monitor. It's scary in broad daylight. See, look, I'm not. I'm not even a good clean copy here. That is terrifying. All right, we are talking about week five of Ephesians, from mystery to clarity, and what we're going to talk about Ephesians one fifteen to twenty three. What Paul is doing is taking all that he has talked about before, and putting it in a way that it relates all of those things directly to us. And what he is doing is trying to give us everything he said to give us a clarity about our lives now and what it looks like in the person and work of Jesus Christ. He wants us to take what we see and move it to a place that we begin to feel that. And this is coming back to the ideas of attachment that you keep talking about. We're finally coming to a place of all of these things change our hearts and our lives. And so the first thing he talks about is he say that says that you may know the hope to which you were called. And so we have clarity in all that he has said that it brings us a hope. And the second thing he says is the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. He has talked about that we have an inheritance, but when Paul says this now to the people, he is now saying that God has an inheritance and his inheritance is us. And if I had the choice of giving someone, I know it's not like a great inheritance personally, but God has chosen us to make us his inheritance. And that is why we have this, this hope because there is an inheritance and we are God's and nothing's going to take God's inheritance away. The third clarity it gives us is in verse 19, the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe. And if you define what is that power, according to the work of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Mm. And so when you look at that power, that power is resurrection. We think of power in all these other areas. Like I would think creation is the greatest form of power, but Paul says, no, resurrection, because it brings dead things to life. Resurrection is taking all the death that we have wrought and bringing life out of it. And the fourth clarity, the finality of Jesus' rule, that everything is going to be under his feet, and he gave all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So it takes all that we talked about in those weeks going through you know, Paul's great prayer about who God is, and now it makes all those things a reality in his prayer for the people in Ephesus, which makes a reality and a clarity for us too. I think we should just end it there. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> we'll see you next time on Leading Together. Hey, Christy. Thanks for joining us today. You're this welcome. This is going to be fun. This will be interesting. I appreciate the female energy. Yes. Is that what, for you. I, is that what female energy feels like? <laughs> oh. I don't want to answer this. <laughs> <laughs> You're gone this week, right? Yes. We get a special... Video presentation. Video presentation. Well, when I wrote Ephesians, I did not know I was going to be gone this week. And I'm not trying to just be anal and be like, I have to give the message on this. But I had a plan of how these weeks were meant to go together. And this... What? You do four new? <laughs> no, but God did. And 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 that's why I really wanted to do this message and why it is by video. But I really wanted to do it because there's such 
an excitement where this starts to become a little more practical for us in the way that it looks this this clarity for us of each piece and i was i was so excited to be able to talk through this that i'm like i'm not going to be here but I can be. <laughs> and it doesn't matter how many babies are crying in the room. It doesn't matter how many hecklers I got, because I can't hear it. <laughs> so we, we have these questions that come out of that, which I come to at the end of the message. And that is, what is our source of hope? What is our source of worth? Because this is you know what Paul was reminding of us. We all have a place where we kind of get these things. Some people get them at their jobs or their schooling or their 401k. Some people get it in a substance that they take. But what is our source of hope and worth? And then the second question is, what then are we living for in our lives? Because everything else besides living for Christ is going to, in the end, not amount to anything because we will all die. And all the things that we've been striving for will begin to go away except what is done for Christ. That's That lasts. And then, really, do we understand how much power that is available to us in what God has given to us? Because we have that promise of this resurrection power in our lives, and in one sense, we already have it because we've been made alive in Christ, and we have a power to live and walk and rest in in Him. I think a lot of times we leave it unclaimed. We're always trying to do things on our own and not trusting Him. No longer hidden in mystery seen in clarity. So there really should be a joy out of this. Yeah. Out of this week and in, in, in our the life of our groups or it, yeah. So how could groups kind of celebrate that mm-hmm. that joy, that hope um in when coming to the table at at this dis- for this discussion. Yeah, even asking have you ever thought about it like this? Have you ever thought the joy that should come because of the promises that have been made? Mm-hmm. I'm calling the message from mystery to clarity. Is is it clear? Have you seen it this way before? I've never thought about God has an inheritance. Mm-hmm. I always think about it. My, mm-hmm. my viewpoint or our viewpoint, but the fact that God has inheritance, I mean, that's, that's pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. He set that in place and claimed it. He can name and claim. Yeah, he's the only one. He's the only one who gets to. How about you guys? Have you thought about it in that way so it becomes more clear? I'm I'm the the how much power is available to us is what's resonating with me right now because I think we would live number one, we would mm-hmm. live such different lives if we realized and not claimed it for our own, but know that God is there giving us this power to to live. And then we would live in, I know for myself, I would live in less fear because God's already gone through it and he's in control and I can just walk the path Mm -hmm. that he set forth for me. It makes me feel comforted that I'm not doing this alone and that it's not like I'm forging this path ahead without any help. There's also confidence there that I can walk knowing that I am a child of God and that he has this available for me. There's that going from like uh, striving Striving to thriving Mm -hmm. comes Mm -hmm. to mind. Like Mm -hmm. how much would we stop trying to just white knuckle achieve something or, you know, control something and just let let God's power God Mm -hmm. to radically do what he's going to do. It's kind of like what I talked about last week in the already and not yet. Even if we failed in our yesterdays and, and fail in our days, there, the already and not yet shows us that God has already said there is victory in our lives because he has accomplished it. So today in our failures, those don't 
those shouldn't be the things that define us. Mm. We should be looking forward to there's an ultimate victory and we can live in that today and that can change our todays. We're talking about doing a... Um like a gospel fluency cohort later this year. And really most conversations can come down, I think to these three, these four points of what is it you're, you're striving for. And is it because you understand God's power or you understand that you are his and your salvation can't be lost. Mm -hmm. So even this week sitting in a, in, in whatever group we're in around whoever we are, do we elevate other people's opinions of us? rather than what God says. I mean, it's and, and really being gospel fluent is driving emotions and fears and, and whatever's bubbling up in everyday circumstances. It's such a clarity mm-hmm. lens as opposed to our muddiness. How have your uh, guys' conversations around Ephesians so far been going? They're lively. Someone <laughs> in ours was, well, I think it was... <clears throat> the first time as an adult and able to reason with everything hearing that i think they were taught something totally different growing up and it's become part of their identity what they believed and so you know when your identity is rocked it's it's not comfortable hmm. But I think it's going to be a good... I would know nothing about that. <laughs> my yeah, identity the identity being weekly. what free will and like I, I choose yeah. my path. And honestly, who they think their opinion of who God is. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. the little box that they mm-hmm. fit God in. And I'm, and I'm not critiquing because I think we all do it. But this was outside of their box that they had God in. And mm-hmm. so now they have to figure out what that means for them. And that's hard. But it's good for us. It's very good mm-hmm. for when, us. When the box we put God in is blown to pieces. Mm-hmm. We had a really live one, lively one, too, this last week. And it was interesting to see some people process the doctrine of election and all the implications, like, in real time. Like, you could, you could see them kind of letting it, like, marinate toward the beginning of discussion. And then by the end, it really hit them kind of full force. And they were great. They were really transparent in some of the emotional hangups and thinking through this, which I, I thought was really honest and courageous of them, but it really um, presented this beautiful opportunity for the group, I think, to welcome that in a way that was patient, non-judgmental, but also challenge, okay, in spite of that, can we still maintain this trust in Jesus based on how he's revealed himself to be? Mm -hmm. The cross is like this ultimate clear demonstration of his character and his commitment to us. And I'm really eager to see like how um, this one person I'm thinking of in particular is going to continue walking this out as we go forward. But I think it's so important to make space for those kinds of um, counter arguments or points of resistance. Sometimes we want to just dismiss and be like, what do you mean? You know, isn't God fill in the blank? But that's part of just that process, I think, of wrestling and of doubting and of letting Jesus meet you in that space. It's a good process, Mm -hmm. too, because people aren't just going to come to the place where they grasp this and walk with it. It's going to be a process. Mm-hmm. We, we have someone in ours who born in a foreign country and in the church that she was in, they said you, know, you about losing your salvation and you've got to do these things. You, you've got to search for the next emotional thing to make sure you're in this spot. And she says, instead of feeling overwhelmed, she was like, this is so freeing mm-hmm. that it's not about all the things I have to do. It's about what God has done. And that puts me in a spot to be actually begin to live in grace. Then she asked a question about this one particular person that she used to follow who has left the faith, deconstructed, become an, becomes an atheist. And she goes, so how does that kind of line up? And I said, well, 
I said, one of two ways. One, they may have never actually trusted in Christ and they may be deconstructing a legalism or a moralism like where you come from in in that environment. These are the things you have to do in order to make it in, Mm -hmm. in order for God to love you. And when you hear about a lot of deconstruction, that's the deconstruction people are doing. Mm-hmm. It's a deconstruction of a legalism or a moralism. It's not really a deconstruction of grace. Right. It's people who have misunderstood what Christianity is. So I said, maybe this person isn't even, was never following Christ. They're following a legalism. Yeah, but for 19 years, they argument. I said, yeah, and you have to do that in order to make yourself acceptable to God. And I said, or on the other side, they are in rebellion, but... We believe in perseverance of the saints, and God's going to bring this person back. I I would not be surprised if this person comes back in in a different way and seeing who Christ really is, that God does a work in their life. And I said, and it would it would be perfectly reasonable to see God do this work. And I said, so this is that's how I look at it. I I don't freak out that somebody used to do this and now they're saying this. I just look at it in the fact that that God is sovereign; and He's going to use all things for His glory and our good. We had a pretty lengthy discussion, too, as part of our time together about that notion of God being pleased with us now Mm -hmm. and how hard it is to, I think, functionally live in that space. Mm -hmm. I really appreciated that. Always even in our language, sometimes very subtly, it's like it hints to this notion of like workspace righteousness and not really resting in our status with him. So going back to the power, how would you encourage people to live in the, the power in, in that reality day by day, the power one seems. Yeah, I think there could be more questions about that. Sometimes power people, you know, it, <clears throat> by the power of grade school, when you turn into a superhero, I, <laughs> we, we're always looking for something to give us the strength to step through the next thing that comes towards us. And so when we speak of power, it's, it's the power of resting in Christ. I think the power comes from understanding the gospel. The power comes from finding our identity where it was always meant to be found in the midst of maybe a bunch of people deconstructing, uh, a bunch of people questioning or, or whatever. Uh, I think a power comes to the place where we can sit with the solid foundation in the middle of all that and to, and to trust what God is doing with a strength that almost seems superhuman spiritually and mm-hmm. sometimes even physically when you sit there through it. I think a lot of this comes down to also that you trust that God is good. Mm-hmm. And if you don't understand the character of God or you don't believe it, then this stuff is going to be really difficult for you. I'm not going to get all the nuances of everything, but I trust that God is good. That's not to say that I don't do my own digging and go to God with my questions and each other, but ultimately I know how amazing God is and that he loves me and that he is, he wants the best for me. And so I can just rest in that. And um, I'm not always successful at resting in that, but it's there and I trust that he is very good. One of the things that I would recommend, because I've noticed that our group jumps into the conversation and we just kind of get going with it. And in the notes every week, I put, read this section. And we haven't even mm-hmm. done that. We've just kind of jumped in and the question starts going mm-hmm. and we don't read the section. And I would recommend that each section that we walk through, we yeah. actually read that. Maybe at the at the jump, right? Yeah. right? Right from the start. Because it's it's a good reminder hearing what Paul says before we get to all of our ideas. And what, what does Paul actually say? All right. Well, don't forget the joy as you enter the conversations this week in your daily life and have a safe trip. Cool.
<laughs> well, no, no, that's great. No, I, I thought yeah. you were going to go. So that's our conversation. <laughs> no, no, no. I, all in all, I think that was great. Yeah, so you can. Nobody puts baby in a corner. Nobody puts God. Nobody in a box. puts Jesus in a box. <laughs>